Welcome into Financial Matters with Richard Oring. I am John Jagay, joined once again by Richard. Great to be with you, sir. It's great being here, Jack. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So one of the things we're going to talk about with it being a new year, and a lot of times people make resolutions and take stock of where they are financially at this time on the calendar. We want to talk about getting your household digitally organized. What do we mean by that? Where do you want to start? Well, what I don't mean is trying to figure out how to digitally organize your spice cabinet. That's the last thing I really (laughs) care about. Uh, What I'm talking about is getting all your um, financial information organized in one spot. A lot of times people write things down, they put journals, they don't update it, they lose it. Also, people can find it. You are preaching to the choir because I got to jump in here and tell you that. So uh, whenever I play tech support for my folks, whenever I go visit mom and dad, I just got so frustrated. I just put a notebook next to the computer. Here's your AOL password. Here's your Comcast password. Here's your Apple password. Here's this. Here's that. And then it expired and they changed and now they have no idea what any of their passwords are and it's it's beyond frustrating. <laughs> you know, in this business you see everything and it's amazing. Even myself, you know, I keep my mom when my dad passed away in 09, it was like a year and a half later, my mom got a notification from Prudential on life insurance no one knew about. Really? It was paid up life insurance. She had no clue. We had to fill out some paperwork and they sent us a check. Huh. So I mean, there's a very important reason why you want to have everything organized and not just knowing where you know where it is, but your spouse or maybe an adult child or a trusted friend or relative, knowing where to find that for, God forbid, something should happen to you, being in a hospital or death. Yeah. Jack, you know, everyone works really hard and saves and they have these goals on what they want to do with their money. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people pass away and they never shared their um, wishes, what they want done with everything it could be as simple as i want my body donated to science yeah or i want to be buried i live in florida now but i want to be buried back home in new jersey there's so many different things you need to let people know and we always say there's always tomorrow i could do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. having this organized somewhere documented ensures that your final wishes could be carried out it needs to be spelled out to the letter, and then it needs to be in a place where somebody after you can find it, because otherwise it's just a guess, whether that's you know, power of attorney, medical stuff, what you're going to do with your finances, like you said, where you want to be buried, if you want to have your ashes scattered somewhere. You need to have a plan, and more importantly, or just as importantly, somebody needs to know what that plan is and where to find it. I remember when I first got in the business, the mutual fund companies used to, for marketing purposes, used to give the financial advisors these booklets to give to our clients. And it would say, like, uh, who's my account to my lawyer? What do I want done? And people looked at it like, maybe they did it once. It's just checking the box at that point. Yeah, I have one client right now who every year makes an appointment to update that list with me to make sure I have everything. We are now digitally, you know, set up. (laughs) And her adult daughters are very um, into it also helping out mom because her husband passed away. Mm -hmm. And She's very concerned about when she passes, the mom, that things are done exactly the way she wants it, down to the point to the eulogy speech. Wow. Yeah, I mean, she's very detailed on what she wants done. So it used to be back in the day, I think about when I was a kid in the 80s, everything before computers really got so prevalent and the internet did, everything was just all written down by hand, right? Yep. So this year was my goal to get clients organized. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a program called Everplan. There's a lot of these digital um, applications out there which help you get organized. There's Everplans, there's My Life and Wishes, and another big one is Cake, which helps you archive everything, and then someone can access it upon death, or if you give them access earlier, they can have it. Okay. More and more of these programs are coming up. 
when we were prepping for this, I was Googling some of this and Wall Street Journal had articles. I mean, all the big financial uh, magazines had articles on, you know, the importance of using these. But um, this year I decided I wanted to lay out the cost on myself, but make sure my clients had access to it. That's great. And prior to our recording today, you had sent me a link to go check out the program. And I thought it was great to have everything organized in one place. I mean, right down to your passwords for websites, to have it all in one place and know where to get it, as opposed to having it just scattershot all over the house. You know, as a financial advisor, like, you know, I have my own office. So a lot of my personal documents for home, I keep in the office. Mm -hmm. So my wife's been bugging me to do exactly what I'm telling everyone else to do. Uh, you know, sometimes you're your worst own client and just getting everything organized where the car insurance policies are, the life insurance policies, our living documents for our wills and, you know, living like insurance trusts, everything. She wants to know where everything is. So I showed her this and we're now setting this up for our household and it gives her a lot of comfort knowing where everything is. It's the whole, if I get hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow, somebody knows where to find everything. Yep. So as a financial advisor, when I was going through all these programs, you know, they all have a lot of bells and whistles, a little bit different. One of the biggest things I was looking for was portability for the client. Yeah. So even though I'm paying for the licenses for my clients, I wanted to make sure that they weren't stuck using me just because of that. Okay. If they're not happy with my services, they move and they want to work with a local advisor, I wanted to make sure that they could take their data and move it with them. And Everplans has a program with financial advisors where we could pay for it, but if the client, for whatever reason, they can get their own license and it's cheap. It's like 70 or $80 a year mm -hmm. or God forbid I die early. Yeah. They should have access to their data because it's something which is not going to be, you just can't do this in an hour. Right. As you know, you just logged in. You know, I always recommend clients breaking down sections at a time. Mm -hmm. You can make it really complicated. You can scan all your insurance documents. You can scan the wills, or you could just say my insurance documents are stored in the file cabinet in the basement you know, letting people know where it is. Mm -hmm. So there's two different ways you can enter the data, but if you're very thorough and you want to enter everything, it's going to take a while. All right, so let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, if it's me or if it's a client of yours or if it's somebody listening and they log into the Everplans, well, and again, like you said, there's many of them, but we'll use Everplans as an example because that's the one that you're specifically working with. How does the whole program work and how do people get in? How do people get started? Okay, so first off, they have to request a login. So mm -hmm. my clients would contact me. I would get their, um, I need both a husband and wife's full names and email addresses. A lot of times we have the email address for just one of them, yeah. like for a household, but I would need it for separate if they want to have individual logins. Mm -hmm. And then as you log in, it kind of goes through a wizard, you know, asks you a few questions, you know, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you, you know, do you have a will, you know, professionals? And then when you're done answering the questions, it creates like um, folders for you. Yeah. And in each folder, there's different categories. So the first one would be like personal info and IDs. Mm -hmm. There you're going to find your name, find other things like your religion. Yeah. Your IDs, your social security cards, your marriage certificates, things like that. You're going to find other things that you might not even thought of, like affiliations or your military service. For example, like when my dad passed away in 09, I never knew my dad was a Mason. Really? Never do. He wasn't active when I was around <laughs> right so it must have been something before kids or whatever i guess you're a mason for life mm -hmm. and my mom made sure that there was a mason service before their general service hmm. so if i didn't know god forbid my dad passed away after my mom he would not have had that service for the masons 
I will say regarding this and having looked into Everplan and played around with it for a little while, it, it does make it very, very easy. It walks you through step by step by step by step. And, and you know, if there's some, a part you want to skip, if you say, you know, I don't want to give that piece of information, you can just keep working. So it really is going to be customized for exactly what you want. Yep. So the next um, section I'll talk about is the digital information section. And when I first logged in, I, I was like, all right, password management program. So I personally wouldn't put my passwords in it. What I did is I put my password software program information in it. Okay. So like I use RoboForm. Mm-hmm. So then that's where I would put my username and password so someone can access it if they need to. Okay. But your email account information so you can cancel someone's email or forward email for temporary if they're a nursing home or rehab center or something. Mm-hmm. Airline miles, everything you could think imagine digital. Here is the best thing I found in there. So having three boys who oldest is 15, youngest is nine. They're all on computers. They all have Xbox profiles or Fortnite, whatever. And they do not remember their username and passwords for these programs. <laughs> I'm glad it's young people, too, and not just older and middle-aged folks, because I, I, I feel better that kids forget their passwords, yeah. too. In the digital section, it's so defined. They even have a section for your gaming information. Wow. So the next category would be your home and property you have your house, your cars, maybe some expensive jewelries and things like that where you want, you know, not everyone stores their jewelry in their house anymore. You right. know, some expensive pieces might be at the bank safe deposit box, or maybe they lent it to someone. Like, hey, I'm going to lend it to my daughter, but upon my death, it has to be appraised and things like that for the estate value. Sure. Uh, and then we go into the financial state section. Um, that's where you're going to be listing your bank accounts, your investment accounts, but you're not listing the individual holdings. You're not you know, listing the cost basis, things like that. It's just enough information for someone to know who to reach out to Yeah, and get the information. You're also going to have your credit cards and loans. It's interesting. When my mom passed away, I called all the credit card companies, canceled everything. And one of them's like, oh, your mom just got charged like a hundred and some dollars for the annual fee. Ugh. It's like the Amazon card. Oh, my God. And, and the person was so nice to me. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to put a request to get it reversed. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that was April of 2018. Now I have a collection agency going after $120-something. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, really? You talk about stereotypical heartless credit card companies. There you go. Right. But I guess with my mom being her financial advisor and knowing everything was, I was glad I know where all her credit cards were. Yeah. Because she didn't have cards where she always carried with her. She had cards, you know, just set up on the computer. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example is um, the Apple card. Yeah. You don't have to have a physical card for the Apple card. It's all on your phone. It's all on your phone. So if someone passed away, how would you ever think of knowing to go on their iPhone to pay their Apple credit card? Right. It's a good point. They're not mailing statements. Yeah. So it's important to list all that. And loans. You know, so let's say you lent money to a friend or a child or with the bank. I would put loans on who owe you money or money you owed. Mm-hmm. Then you go into your trusted advisors. That This is really important. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of times the kids know to call me. <laughs> it's amazing. I've had people, clients of mine, in the hospital, their spouse died 15 minutes ago, and I'm getting the phone call already. Wow. Because they don't know what to do. They're panicked. They're panic. Who do I call? I call Rich. Rich will figure out, you know, who do I call? I need to get funeral money. I need to do this and that. And I usually say, all right, you know what? You know, you have money for this. You have that. We'll take care. Just breathe. Yeah. Just breathe. You know, call your family. 
you know, I'll come over tomorrow, we'll sit down, or whenever, after the funeral, we'll go over everything. But they don't think of ever calling their lawyer, their accountant, their insurance people. It's usually in our meeting, and I'm telling them to reach out. Mm-hmm. So there's times where I don't know their accountant or so forth, and they should be calling them. Yeah. But if someone passes away, you don't know who the accountant is. You don't even know where the tax returns are sometimes. So you're trying to figure it out. It goes back to the general theme of this whole thing, which is having all this information available for somebody to access so they know where to go, what's out there, what needs to be addressed. Yep. Then you have your insurance information. Like People don't realize a lot of times you're prepaying for your insurance. Mm-hmm. So give you an example again with my mom. My mom passed away in April. I notified the Allstate agent. Sorry for picking on Allstate right now. I'm sure this could happen to any of them. They canceled the policy. They just refunded me the premium prepaid. Nine months later. Right. The state tax return has already been approved by the state. So, I mean, it's crazy, things like that. Um, So I would list any type of insurance policy. Like I mentioned before, my dad with his life insurance. And I've had other clients find insurance policies. This morning, I was on the phone with a client. Her husband, unfortunately, is in a nursing home with Parkinson's and early Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's beginning. And she found a $25,000 life insurance policy she didn't know about. And I said to her, well, just because you found the policy doesn't mean it's still in force. Yeah. So she needs to find out if that's still in force. She only found it because she was going through her husband's file cabinets mm-hmm. to see what's there. The next thing is tax returns. Now, this is something you may want to be careful with or not. Even on the program on Everplan, it talks about uploading your tax returns. They sometimes recommend that you cross off like your social security number so it's not scanned. Just for a little bit of extra security and peace of mind, sure. Yeah, another layer. I always tell clients uh, archive seven years of tax returns to be safe, which is usually what the IRS requires. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest putting at least the previous year's return on. Yeah. So people know. Uh, the next section is your legal documents. It always has. Um, you're going to find things about your um, attorney again, uh, where your will's located. Important. You know, a lot of the bigger firms store the original copy of the will for you in their vault. Um, sometimes, you know, people keep it in their house, but they need to know where it is. The power of attorneys, Uh, medical directives, any trusts, and things like that would be in that category. The big thing is um, the health documents now. It's so important, yep. Unfortunately, uh, remember that case years ago in Florida, what was her name, Alice Shrivo? Terry Shivo. Yes. So that like really brought this to light. Yeah. You know, with her husband and her parents fighting on what she would want to do Mm -hmm. to end support or not. So this is where you're going to put that information in there. What do I, do I have a living will? Do I have a medical directive? What would I want? Who are my doctors? Yeah. Who to call? Do I have any allergies? My health insurance information card, you know, things like that. That's where you're going to put in that category. That's really important. The next category is family and loved ones. That's where you're going to list your emergency contacts. A lot of times we only list one. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the doctor, who's your emergency contact? My spouse. Sure. Yeah. What happens if you're both in an accident? Mm -hmm. Who do I call then? All right. So having additional contacts for emergencies is good to list. What to do with your pets? You know, where are your pets? What kind of care? Are there any special needs for your pets? Yeah. Listing that there. And then you can always list other family members and friends. I I hate to say this. I kind of use it that that's the call list if something happens to you. Yeah. So you can notify. You know, and I'll mention here, we're talking specifically about Everplans, but there's also so many other different ways to do this. And these are all things you need to have somewhere for someone to find, you know, as you plan for things. I just noticed on my iPhone, maybe about a month ago, 
you know, if you click the button a couple times, there's like, you know, emergency call 911. But you can actually set it up so that it will alert contacts designated in your phone if there's an emergency. Oh, wow. It will call anywhere from, I think, up to 10 people if there's a problem. And this is how good it is. I was actually just playing around with it and I was seeing like what, what would happen if I hit like the emergency thing. And, you know, it said, you know, calling 911. So I hung up. And then, uh, about five minutes later, I get a call from a number that I didn't recognize. It's like, hi, this is the police department. Uh, you got a 911 call from this number. Is everything okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. It was just an accident. Okay, no problem. Happens all the time. But, like, they saw that abandoned call came in from my iPhone, and they knew to call that number right back. So the technology really is improving, and it speaks to the importance of having the ability to reach out to people if something were to have happened to you. And if, God forbid, you're in a car accident, you're in the emergency room, and you're unconscious or incapacitated, a doctor or nurse can hit that button on your phone, even if it's locked, and it'll notify the people that it needs to notify. Yep, that's important. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a company called Road ID. I have not, no. So Road ID um, started out for cyclists, for people who go for bike rides. I haven't been a bike in 25 years. That would explain why I haven't heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, it's, it's a bracelet you wear on your, your, you know, it's like a nylon bracelet you wear on your wrist, and it has a metal tag. And it has your name, and it has an emergency contact phone number, and then it has an ID number with another phone number. Mm -hmm. And if you're in an accident, the paramedics calls that 800 number. They give the number on your tag to them, and it has your doctor, your blood type, everything. Wow. So if you need care, you know, you can get it. And then they call your emergency contact, let them know something happened to you. And that's even something that's on, on your phone now, too. You can set up this for my parents on their iPhones. You can set up a medical ID so that the ice. So you can say, okay, blood type, uh, doctor, allergies, any of that kind of stuff. If, God forbid, you're in a situation where you can't speak for yourself. Right. So fast forward, Road ID, what's interesting is, um, so I had to reorder a new one because what I realized was I had the wrong uh, emergency contact phone number. I put my own number. I was kind of stupid. Took me like 10 years to realize it. <laughs> but so I ordered a new one. And at the same time on the check, I noticed they had other products. They had the little metal tag that goes on the iWatch oh. on the band. So now my iWatch has that little metal tag. We'll go one step farther. On my dog's leashes, they even have the metal ones for dogs now. No kidding. So if your dog gets lost or needs something, they can look it up. They can see, you know, who to call if something happens to your dog. Wow. It's pretty cool. So having information is important. It doesn't matter if it's on this online or a medical bracelet like you're saying on your phone or, you know, the road ID. It's important to get the information out there when you need it. Absolutely. So what else are our next steps in uh, as after emergency contacts and pets and family and friends? What are we tackling next and getting digitally organized here? Let's talk about what we all hate doing, and that's aging. Yes. So aging is where you're going to list providers. Now, I'm 47. I know you're younger than me. So we don't really think about this kind of stuff, but... I turned 40 at the end of 2020, so I've definitely been thinking about age. Uh, <laughs> that's a significant birthday for sure. It's going to be a fun party. A 30 was a fun party. 40 <laughs> might be a, a night in with the wife in a movie. We'll see. <laughs> so list of providers. You don't realize, like, when someone actually needs care, I don't care if it's home care or assisted living facility or nursing home, you got um, rehab you know, physical therapist who comes to the house, you might have nurses come in to organize the medicines. Sure. Just to help shower, you know, do laundry. So having a list of all these agencies is very helpful. Mm -hmm. 
So you would list that there. The other things you would want to put on there is the long-term care insurance information, yeah. what the company is, the benefit about who to call. Here's a big one is, um, and this was big for my mom. My mom's biggest fear in life was going into a nursing home. Sure, yeah. I mean, she knew that was her fear in life. Like, I'd never want to go to a nursing home. Mm-hmm. My mom went to rehab multiple times, and it was at the point where the rehab, she needed more care. More full-time permanent care. We didn't know if it was going to be permanent or just another 30 days. Okay. So my sister and I, we had the list of facilities. If she had to go to on which ones would be acceptable, even though none of them were, but she wanted to be close enough to her friends. Sure. I had to break the news to my mom. I said, mom, you know, you're going to have to leave the, the rehab facility. And unfortunately, it's not safe to go back home. Yeah. So they want you to go to assisted living. And I did some research and you can actually, you don't have to do a buy-in. You could do a 30-day a temporary, you know, for 30 days. And there was one my sister and I wanted. My sister and I didn't really feel that she was going to leave. But we felt that it was very important that she was close enough to us. Yeah. So it's going to sound stupid, but the one she wanted was like 15 minutes down the street. And the one we wanted her to go to, my sister and I could walk to. Ah. So we asked her if she would consider at least going to the one close to us for 30 days. Just temporarily, yeah. Temporary, and she did. And it was so my children, her children can visit on a regular basis, mm-hmm. making sure she, you know, have dinner with her and breakfast. And we knew it would be hard for her because when you go into these facilities, you know, my mom was 71, 72 at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the average age could be 80. Yeah. And older, you know, and my mom was, my mom had her mental capacity, you know, it was more physical and it was hard for her to interact with a lot of people there and so forth. As a side note, my folks are currently, uh, my dad will be 60, 69 this month, and my mom will be 66 in March. And they live in a condo, but it's like a 55-plus condo. When I asked them, how, you know, hey, how's it going, mom and dad? How you doing? Oh, well, this person got took out in an ambulance the other day, and this person has this heart problem, and this person died. And it's kind of sad to be around all this death. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. Tell me what you watched on TV. Tell me about something else, please. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I go to Florida a lot. My in-laws live in 55 and older, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Oh, my god, buddy's in the hospital. He's, you know, he's not going to make it and this and that. And it beats him up. It beats him up emotionally when it happens to people he knows. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really does take a toll on them. Here's another thing, you know, things I wouldn't normally have thought of, but like I mentioned earlier, one of my clients, when her husband passed away, both of them already decided to donate their body to science. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a section in the program to even put down donation and then all the information, the donor ID you get ahead of time and all that. And then usually after that, they will send the body back for cremation or something. And it has all the information you need to put in there so someone would know. I got to imagine the average person has never dealt with that before. Right. There's so many different variables. And, you know, you know, you'd, last thing you want to be doing or putting your kids through or doing for your parents is, I think they would have wanted this, but we never really talked about it. And there's really no direction. There's no information left behind. So you're taking your best guess. And with the emotion of losing a parent, that's just got to be so, so much to deal with all at once. Some of my friends who've lost parents after I lost or, you know, before me, it's going to sound sick. They, they said that I was lucky in something. Not that I lost my parents, but my mom was very open about death. Mm-hmm. She never feared death. Mm-hmm. She said God didn't owe her anything. She was very blessed to see her children, her grandchildren be okay. And that was more than what her older sister ever got to experience and her parents. My mom, 
she has two sisters. One was 20 years older. One's 10 years older, who's still alive. And she had a younger brother. Mm-hmm. The brother died very early in life. And then her mom and dad and her older sister, her older sister raised her, mm-hmm. um, died like all within two years. Ooh. Okay. So my mom experienced it and she wanted my sister and I to understand what was life about, being successful, you know, what fulfills you as a person. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you won't fear it when it comes. You know, not living your life would be fearful. But she always said, as long as you and your brother, to my sister, she would say to me, like, you and your sister, as long as you guys can raise a family, be successful, then I know I did my job. Yeah. And then when the time comes, I'll be all right with that. Even when she knew her time was coming, it wasn't about being scared. It was about us being taken care of. We should all be so lucky, for sure. Yeah. And she always told us, like, if I die, this is where I want to be buried. This is the kind of funeral I expect. My mom grew up in a Jewish household Mm -hmm. um, from European parents. And back then, it was more of an Orthodox, like what we call modern Orthodox today. Mm -hmm. And when my dad died, nice coffin, nice thing, you know, funeral. But when she died, she wanted a simple, plain, non-painted coffin, non-stained gravesite funeral, nothing big. And that was her wishes. She was very adamant about that and told my sister and I that. It's good that you knew and you didn't have to guess. And she wanted good deli served at the Shiva. <laughs> that was very important that we had good deli. I feel like your mom and I would have gotten along really well, Rich. I feel- <laughs> yeah, even after she passed, she wanted to make sure everyone was fed well. That was very important to her. Oy vey, they always talk about the food. <laughs> so luckily, my sister was a great writer. She was a journalist major in college and then master's in librarian. So she actually wrote the obituary for my mom. But if you want to write your own, a lot of people do. You would upload it there. I asked my mom to keep a list outside the will of certain requests, like charitable donations or things like that. And she did. You can also use this program for that list because that's the kind of stuff which might change on a regular basis. As you're not talking to your child, you wipe out certain things. When you're talking to them again, you can add it back. (laughs) Tombstone information, things like that. Like When my dad passed, my mom planned. When my dad got sick, my mom started the planning and my sister and I took care of everything. But uh, my mom was very organized in this sense, which I guess that's why my friends called me lucky in that sense. Yeah. I knew what her wishes were. She was very vocal about it and wrote a lot of this stuff down, which was very helpful for my sister and I to make sure we follow through with her final wishes. And one thing I noticed, too, in the program, Richard, is this uh, letters to people or individual letter to, to certain people is when I was kind of looking through the program and setting it up and realizing that, hey, you know, these are my final thoughts that I'd like to give you know, in my case, my mom, my dad, my brother, my wife, my nephew, something like mm-hmm. my best friends, something like that. Like a nice little letter to say, hey, thank you for everything you've done and, and whatever else personal sentiments you wanted to put in that. I think that is a really nice thing to be able to have that you can, you know, it's a little weird again to think about your own mortality, but it's the responsible thing to do. And it can really take a load off of those around you in your life to be able to say, you know what, these are the thoughts that I'd like to share with each of these individual people separately. Here's a letter that I want to share with them upon my passing. So I really like that piece of it too. Yeah, I just had a client um, pass away a few months ago, and he actually hand wrote a letter to, and he had a big family. I mean, at his funeral, there had to be close to 300 people there. Mm -hmm. He hand wrote a letter to every single family member. Wow. Because every single family member was special to him. You know, like my kids always ask, you know, like my youngest one goes, Dad, am I your favorite child? Am I your favorite child? I am your favorite child. Right? I know I am. And I always say, you know what? If you think you're my favorite child, 
then I'm doing my job right. Yeah, that's great. If all three think that, that's fantastic. And that's what my client did for every single family member for him. They felt like they had that special relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And he told them again in that final letter. As we start to wrap up here, Rich, what are some of the other features that you like about Everplans and, and those types of solutions? Well, first of all, let's talk about security. Because, I mean, you're putting some really important stuff there. I mean, you can go on Everplans' website. I mean, they're HIPAA compliant. They got the 256 encryption two-factor authentication. I mean, you can just keep going on and on. I mean, they can't jeopardize getting breached on something like this. But saying that, also don't be foolish and putting things in there, like your social security numbers and stuff like that. You can always black things out, you know, if need be, before you scan or upload it. You can redact them. That's right. (laughs) The other thing I think is really, really nice about the program is like, okay, so I did all this. I don't want my loved ones to see these final letters now, or I don't want them to know everything. Mm-hmm. You can set this up, and the, every plan they call them deputies. Those are people who have access to your data. So as a financial advisor, I usually request everything but their online stuff. I don't need their passwords and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff I already have. So when they request this, I'm usually taking the stuff I have and putting it in for them. Okay. When they get their log on, they're going to see your financial advisor has requested this. They could say yes or no. Okay. They have total control what I can see and don't see. Then they create deputies. So each spouse usually has their own logon already to see this. But let's say an adult child. All right, maybe they're going to have two adult children. Maybe one of them has access to now. So they could say, I want them to have access to my medical directives, my financial advisors, my lawyers, and things like Mm -hmm. that. But they don't have access to see where my accounts are or anything like that. Okay? Unless I pass away. Then it opens up. But let's say that person passes away, then they can have a backup person and saying, well, this person can see it after I die and they have access or they update, you know, me when we can update it as needed. But you can always have backup. You can have multiple people. You can say, I want my estate attorney to have access to my financial accounts, my legal documents. So instead of when they have to modify them, instead of me having to upload them, he could just upload a copy right there on my behalf. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the biggest thing is portability. You own the data, even though I'm paying for that license, you have control of it. You know, I think that's very important. I'll, I'll even go as far as this. anyone listening to this podcast who wants to get a complimentary um, copy of this program to use, if they reach out to me, I need, um, again, the name for them and their spouse and their email address, and I will set up an account for them. That's tremendous. In fact, and, and I've looked at this plan. It's a great tool to have. So if you want to get a hold of Richard, I'm going to put the contact info in the show notes. And for anybody listening, you want to give the the uh, website email and phone number real quick before we wrap up? Sure. Actually, we have a new website we just launched um, yesterday. It's www.ncfg.com. So it's the same address, just been updated. Mm-hmm. The phone number here is 609-924-2049 at extension 126. You can always reach me by email at r-o-r-i-n-g at ncfg.com. It is a little bit of a heavy topic that we've covered today, but it really will be such a tremendous burden taken off of the loved ones and those you care about if you're responsible at this and make sure that you have these things set up when you're of sound mind and body to do it now. So it really is a great idea. Great talking to you as always, and we'll talk to you next month. Great. Thanks, Jack. Richard Waring's branch office is One Airport Place, Princeton, New Jersey, 08540. The branch phone number is 609-924-2049.
Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. New Century Financial Group, LLC, and Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. does not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details.